calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to a special episode of our Tech 15 investment series uh, uh, from CFA Institute's 71st annual conference in Hong Kong. We have with us here today Mr. Bruce Tomlinson. Uh, Bruce manages hedge funds and alternative investments, a program he founded at SunSuper. SunSuper is a 55 billion Australian dollar pension fund. Bruce has over 26 years of investment experience. He has been a portfolio manager for the last 18 years. Bruce is a founding director for CFA Society Sydney. He also sits on the investment committees of the NSW Cancer Council and the Future Generation Investment Company. In this interview, Bruce is going to share his insights on measuring investment performance and the role of skill versus luck. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you, Srinivas. Nice to be here. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, you know, what role does skill play in terms of investment performance and what is the role of luck in your view? Sure. Okay. Well, at, at SunSuper, we, um, we obviously care deeply about, about determining skill um, and, and measuring our managers and changing our investment strategy to, uh, to have the best allocation of, of capital to skill. Uh, about 18 months ago, we developed a new process for evaluating manager skill. Um, and what we wanted to do was to create a uniform process that allowed us to, to analyze uh, and to effectively rate um, our, our managers um, in, in a consistent way across all the, all the asset classes that we invest in globally. Um, and we wanted a, a uh, and, and this process, which is, as I say, anal analysis and rating, uh, uses a common set of factors um, across, across the asset classes. Uh, the process is, is transparent uh, in that everyone across the investment team can, can see the, the components, um, the factors, the scores for those factors and how they aggregate into a total manager score. And it allows for a, a, a consistent um, process, which is, which is important, consistent across asset classes and across time. Uh, it's also a, generally a relatively simple and straightforward process because there's no point over complicating things. Um, there's enough complication in our industry already. And so um, it's a straightforward process with four main uh, components or factors, uh, and they are organization, uh, so we evaluate. The, the, the manager's organization, the strategy, uh, the risk, and then the performance. Um, the, the process, uh, while it's simple, it also has some flexibility so that different, different strategies can, can have different, different metrics. Uh, so by that I mean for uh, the bulk of our capital in, in Delta One or long only investments in equities and fixed income, 
the evaluation is more about relative returns, relative to benchmarks uh, and to, and to, to factors, um, and that, that leads itself to certain performance metrics. Um, however, for alternatives, which are more often about um, absolute return, uh, a relative return metric isn't, isn't as appropriate, so we have to incorporate other, other metrics um, um, to, to evaluate those strategies. So the, the process, the framework is, is both straightforward and simple, but also allows some flexibility. Um, and then finally, I would add that it is, it is very much a blend of both quantitative, um, somewhat ex post after the fact information, uh, you know, regular performance statistics, time series information, but then also um, ex ante qualitative or subjective um, information. Um, and we don't have a sort of a hard um, mix of those two. It's, it's fair to say it is, it is a blend of the two and judgment is involved. Right. So, you know, what role does an organizational culture play in this, uh, you know, uh, wherever a fund manager is operating, uh, as opposed to uh, or compared to the fund manager skill? Are there some traits that, uh, you know, good performing organizations have, uh, asset management companies have, uh, and are there some traits that fund managers in these companies have? Yes. Um, look, the traits of a skilled manager um, we think are, um, can, can be observed over time and, and they, do, they do show some persistence. So we, the first one that I would mention is, is alignment. And uh, to be honest, if there isn't adequate alignment, then that's almost a showstopper for us. We won't probably take the conversation or the analysis much further. So by alignment, that's covering multiple aspects. That's the, the ownership of the, of the organization, um, you know, how much is owned by the principals and the staff, as opposed to an external third party. Uh, the capacity of the strategy, you know, is, is it well managed and not over? Uh, are they overreaching in terms of asset growth? Um, the asset liability match, and by that I mean, is there, um, is there a, a less liquid strategy that might have um, liquidity terms that are inappropriate such that there is a mismatch uh, and therefore there's risk for, for the investor in that strategy um, that, that, uh, you know, that, that the, uh, the duration doesn't match the capital, duration of the assets. Um, Co-investment is an important one and perhaps it's over-emphasised, over but we certainly want the manager to have skin in the game, to have their own money invested alongside us. So that's what I mean by co-investment. Uh, and then perhaps the most important one, which again is probably an overused word, is transparency. And, and that, that's so much more than just data transparency. So it's, it's more than just position level information. Uh, for us, it's, it's really about an approach to, to partnering with us and to being not just cooperative, but I guess going above and beyond to be, to be um, flexible when it comes to um, structures and mandates, um, when it comes to reporting, when it comes to interacting with the investment team and, and, our, and our directors as well. So it's, it's a much more holistic approach to transparency than just literally some, some, some level of data transparency. So there's alignment. The other really important ones, without dragging the conversation out too much, the quality of the team, obviously, of course that's critically important, but not just the, the CIO, uh, also the, the second layer of the team, um, the, the structure of the team, the turnover of the team, 
those are things we look at. Um, risk management, of course, very, very critical. Um, so, you know, good risk management is a trait of skilled management. Um, not just the portfolio risk management, you know, drawdown controls and, and exposure management, sector stock concentration, but, but also business risk management. So that's, is the, the middle back office operational capability sufficient? Do they use appropriately quality third parties, um, you know, audit, tax, accounting, um, so those things. And then I guess the other, there's a few softer metrics that are more judgmental, things like um, we would want to take a view on the behavioural capabilities of the manager. Um, and so, you know, that could, that's very subjective. It could be, do they have enough diversity in their team? Do they, for example, hire people that have, don't have a finance background, you know, to bring some diversity of experience uh, into the team, for example? And then finally, the last one, I think, from an alternative perspective, from my perspective, um, often um, there needs to be some opportunistic element of, of the trait that's working. So, you know, it's literally could be the right, the right team in, 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 the, in the right opportunity at the right time. You know, it, it's it kind of an X factor. It's, it's, you can't determine it in advance, but hopefully you'll, you'll recognize it when it's there. So those are some traits. Yeah, what are some of the biggest mistakes, uh, you know, asset owners make when hiring and firing managers? We've got about two minutes uh, okay. to go. Uh, so, you know, if you can share your uh, insights. Sure. Um, gosh, well, I think um, just quickly, um, I think some people would probably get over uh, overconfident based on the data, the, the, the ex post, you know, data, time series data. So they'll look at measures of skill, sharp ratios and, and other things and uh, think that that's potentially sustainable going forward. Um, I think the other aspect that people mistake they might look is not understanding culture um, appropriately. So, you know, we've we've seen that culture has been the un undoing of many good good strategies and good firms. Um, you know, examples of bad culture, I would say things like, you know, a multi uh, PM equity platform, and 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 the one that I guess everyone's familiar with is the TV show Billions. You know, that's a, an example of I would say bad culture, not sustainable culture. Whereas good culture would be more of a partnership approach where um, the, the ownership of the firm is, can, can potentially not be permanent and so that, that that ownership capital can be recycled to future generations to make the, the firm and the team more sustainable. So, yeah. Right. I have got two more questions. I'm trying to squeeze in two more questions. Okay. One is on this uh, recent article about firing of investment con consultants. They have not... Uh, according to this article, you know, uh, consultants were not doing their job properly. That is question one. Okay. And the second question, if you can quickly put in, is, uh, you know, what should investment professionals uh, do for bringing themselves up to speed on the learning curve in terms of performance? Sure. In terms of consultants, um, I, I think it's a qualified yes in terms of adding value. Um, for us at SunSuper, we've moved away from generalist consultants and we're a big user and proponent of specialist consultants. Um, and to give, a, to give a very small plug, uh, some of the ones we use in alternatives, um, Stepstone is a very good firm, Axia is a very good firm. And so we find that specialists can add more value to, to the investment opportunity that we're, that we're researching and trying to, to implement. Um, and by that I mean they can actually help with potentially with structuring, 
working on the, 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 the terms uh, of, of the investment mandate. Um, they can be very instrumental in doing on-site due, due diligence. Um, you know, so that's one example. And then finally, in terms of what people can do with their, with their, uh, to get ahead and, and to uh, professional development, I think just reading, reading and traveling as broadly as possible is, is one obvious thing to do. And, and um, I think reading much more broadly than just finance, literature, uh, you know, politics, history, um, things like that, I think are very, very important things to, to try, and, try and be up to speed with. And CIPM exam? CIPM? Yes. Yeah, of course, yes. for performance measurement, absolutely. And of course, the CFA designation. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Srinivas. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bruce. My pleasure. Thank you, uh, thank viewers, you. Uh, for joining us uh, and listening in uh, to this uh, Tech 15. Copyright 2018, CFA Institute, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.